Hi, my name is Duncan and we are the Fancy Football Fanatics. I'm joined by Matt in London. We don't have a Ben or an Andy in America this week. It's Ben's bachelor party, so they're all in Vegas having a good time. It's just the two of us, but it's still going to be a good one. Matt, was you, what was your football highlight of the week, this game week? Um, well, United fan, it probably was watching uh, Watford Man United and seeing against all the predictions game against Watford high-flying Watford um, so it was a bit of a I, I sort of gave Mourinho his dues that actually uh, we managed to win a game despite what everyone thinks of Mourinho in the change rooms very very physical but not yeah and I, I kind of noticed that I know a lot of the stats were saying that Man United are very attacking this season, despite not particularly getting the great results or looking particularly brilliant. But they, they looked very attacking against Watford again. I was watching it with a couple of mates and uh, they were saying that, oh, well, Man United aren't quite as good this season. But I don't know. I, I still think we'll be challenging for Champions League places. And it makes you realise that people go overboard about how much of a calamity we're currently in. Because uh, that was a really good win. And... Lukaku, Pogba, uh, even Fellaini's a quite effective player. And don't don't like him, but it's effective. Uh means we'll win a win a, win a fair few games this season. Yeah. Okay. Ah, uh, yeah, it's a it's a good highlight. I I didn't see it coming myself, but um maybe you did. Um so, my... so, so that was what was so pleasing about it was everyone was pre- prevent uh, predicting doom, but uh sort of return to par, I'd say, and and be a mid table club. Yeah, I saw Troy Deeney getting a penalty. I saw maybe Pereira smashing one in. So, yeah, proved me wrong. Um, My football highlight of the week was in the Man City game, the mascots, Vera and Olga, two sisters who are 102 and 96 (laughs) years old. I just thought that was lovely. Oh, yeah. That was lovely. It was so different from Norm, wasn't it? Yeah, and they couldn't quite keep up at the same pace that they normally come out of the tunnel. So one one team was going off into the distance and the other one was kind of held back by Vera. Um, yeah, I just thought that was quite lovely. And then you saw them after the game chatting to Guardiola and, and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, I saw in the match of the day, they were saying, um, yeah, they've been supporting the club for, what, 50-odd years. And, and here's Vincent Company, who's been the veteran who's been here for eight years. It's like, wow. Yeah. So, support there. When I was looking up their ages before the pod, I saw a picture of a company in their house sitting on the sofa with Vera one side, Olga the other, and he's got his arms around them, and they look like tiny, tiny dwarfs, and he's this giant sitting on the sofa. Um, yeah, it's just a nice picture. Um, yeah. not, not not really football-related, but just a nice moment, I thought, this game week. Feel good. Feel good stuff. A feel good moment, Yeah. Um, so on to the game week's review. I'm going to go first um, because I've got the higher points this week. Um, I, at the moment, I'm on 82. I'm waiting for, because Mendy didn't play, I'm waiting for nine points from Juan Bissaka on my bench. So finishing with a score of 90, which I'm really happy with. Um, the big, The kind of best part of my game week is that I didn't captain Hazard, but I'm still up there with the big scorers. I know Ben in our league, captain Hazard, and I think he's only on about 93 um, points. So I don't, I don't know quite how I've done it. I'll try and go through the team and try and pick out some, some 
highlights. Edison in goal, getting me seven points was a good one. Um, I played Bennett from Wolves, my 4.0 this week, um, instead of Alexander-Arnold. They both got six points, so it didn't really make any difference. But definitely the Wolves defence looking good, two clean sheets in a row, um, and a, a few good options. Uh, I had Fraser, crucially. I think that was a big dividing factor this week. Um, a lot of people captain Hazard. A lot of people had ca- Hazard but didn't captain him. But I think the big differential was whether you had Fraser. Um, so I had kind of three yellow flags before the game week, Fraser, Walcott and Zaha. And I just decided to stick with them half because I, I didn't know which one I'd get rid of um, if I was going to get rid of one of them because the news on all of them was pretty much the same. There was inconclusive. Um, yeah, so Salah blanked, as we all know. Walcott trolled us again. Um, Wilson chipped in with a, an assist. Uh, Aguero got a couple of assists and went off, but it sounds like he's going to be all right. Um, probably he's going to play in the Champions League, and if not, he'll be back next weekend, I assume. Um, yeah, weird one that Mendy didn't play, and it wasn't even mentioned. Um yeah, and now he's down as an injury doubt, isn't he? Yeah, Pep said um, after the game, it could be days, it could be weeks. Um, we'll just have to see. So it's an ankle injury. Yeah, mm. it can be a, a difficult one. So, yeah, definitely one to keep an eye on. Could shake, thing, shake things up a bit. Yeah, yeah, it could. I mean, I went with the strategy. I think I mentioned it on the pod uh during my wild card, I decided to get rid of Robertson because of their Liverpool's fixtures and just have Alonso and Mendy. And then I'd have either Alexander Arnold or Wan Bissaka or Bennett coming in each week. Cause I don't think you need all three. I think you need two of the three and then based on fixtures, one of them misses out and you bring in someone from your bench. I think that's the, that's a potential way to have a bit of a differential and save quite a lot of cash as well. Um, We'll have to see with Mendy's injury if that's going to change things. Yeah. I mean, you had, your your team looks really good this week. It couldn't have done much better, really. I mean, I was, other than getting the captaincy right. Um, yeah. Yeah, you're maxed, you're maxed out. Yeah, it's really good. And I've saved the transfer. So I've got, I've got two transfers for next week. Um, and not a lot of problems. So I just have to try and find a transfer rather than lose, lose one of them. How about you? How did you get on this week? Um, so obviously not quite so well. Uh, I'm on 67 points as we speak, um, but Doherty will get another three points. So he was quite pleasing to try and rescue the situation a bit. I mean, the big difference is I didn't have Ryan Fraser. Um, so his 18 points, uh, I had Mkhitaryan instead, who got one point. Um, so that's where I've really dropped off. And I got Wambasak on the bench, but not coming on, um, which is a shame. But I mean, in a normal game week, 70 points plus uh, Ryan to play tomorrow would be looking pretty pretty handy. But uh, having a 5.6 million winger that scores 18 points was, the, I think, the big differential this week. And um, he's he's definitely one of they tempted to get in now as a result. But I, I always do fear that maybe I've just lost out on his big haul. I don't know. I think his price is so low. I think he's an enabler for other things. Um, and I think he's, his form has been brilliant. His fixtures are good. Uh, why would you not? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, it, feels, it always feels like chasing the points that have uh, already happened, though. But you're right. I mean, his value, that means he basically becomes essential if he's going to score like that. Um, 
on a semi-regular basis. You can't you can't be without without that in your team. Yeah, you've got to be happy with Doherty though. Four point five, kind of basically playing in midfield and getting you twelve points. That's that's come good. Well, I am. It's sort of mixed feelings though, because wildcard two weeks ago, I was flipping between two transfers. So it's either Doherty and Net or Fraser and Bennett as a partnership. Ah. And I went Doherty. Uh, and so it's one of those ifs, ifs and buts and hindsight would be a wonderful thing. But I, I could have, in theory, had and Fraser in my team. Yeah. Right. I mean, Doherty at 4.4, getting a, a good haul this week is a, is positive things. And I'm not, I'm still not far from Ben. So it's uh, all to play for still. Yeah. Uh, just a, a quick mention for Andy and Ben's team. I think Ben, let's have a look. He's on 84 points at the moment. He's got, uh, yeah, another nine coming in from Wan-Bissaka, so he'll end on 93. Captain Hazard, um, yeah, another good score for Ben. He goes top of our league. And Andy is the big one for me this week. 77 points. He played his wild card. I had a look at his team and I thought, oh, you know, he's messed up. Um, He hasn't capitalised on it. But Fraser's going to come off his bench with 18 points instead of Mendy, I think he's going to finish on 98 points. So he's kind of back in the running now. It's a good catch-up for him, isn't it? Uh, he's he sort of gambled a bit with uh, Rico in his team. Um, and Mkhitaryan, I, th- I was surprised he did Mkhitaryan in a wild card because I was thinking of transferring him out this week. Um, yeah, that's not, not quite first team, but, but uh, well, he's got another transfer. He can do that now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so well done, Andy. Next, in, instead of going straight onto the fixture review or the planning ahead, just because there's just the two of us, I thought we'd have some discussion topics, kind of topical things to chat about. So the first of those is Mo Salah or no Salah. He's blanked in the last two. Are you going to keep hold of him? Um I am certainly for a couple of game weeks. Um, I, I'm just not so maverick to get rid of him. Um, I mean, because whilst he's blanked in the last couple, if you watch the highlights, you see he's really regularly involved and he could easily put a goal yesterday. And then he got eight, nine and eight in the previous weeks before that. So I can just see if he's going to be a reliable scoring score of points. So you've, if you transfer him out, you've got to see where your points are going to come from elsewhere. I don't see a reliable alternative just yet. Yeah. For me, I've I've already got Hazard. I've got Salah. So I, I kind of question where I go with the money. Um, you know, Mane yeah. is outperforming him, but um, I, I don't see if, it as a, a massive change. It feels like a debate that Sane was really firing. And you think, Who's I'll that? go pre... If Sanchez or Kane or something like that or were really firing on all cylinders, then you might think, oh, well, I'll go premium elsewhere. But there isn't really no alternative in the premium bracket at the moment. If, as long as you've already got Hazard and Aguero in your team. Yeah, there's no kind of other essential strikers firing at the moment. Although that kind of nicely links into my next question for you. Are we ignoring Lukaku? Uh, that is a very good question. I mean, um, let's just what's his, what's his points the last few weeks? 
Let's have a look. So six points this week, 12 points with two goals the week before. Um, also a goal in game week two. Yeah. I think it's one of those where you, um, you've got to look at him carefully because he's sort of flying under the, the Man United narrative at the moment is that, oh, we're struggling and Mourinho plays really defensively. But if Lukaku scores all the goals that we score and um, he's, he's a very viable pick. Um, at the moment, he'd be looking at him or Aguero and Aguero is just slightly more explosive, but he's definitely worth thinking about, I think. I think especially with his run of fixtures, he, he's been proven in the stats. He scores against the, the smaller teams. He's not so good against the top six or seven. And his games coming up are Wolves, West Ham, Newcastle. He's got Chelsea away and then he's got Everton after that. So in a run of five games, that's four where he's playing his flat track bully kind of opponents. Yeah. The obvious swap, though, is Aguero, of course, who's got Cardiff and uh, Brighton next two games. So would you would you trade Aguero at this stage for him? Uh, I think that's the thing, isn't it? Aguero's taken off for injury in the 53rd minute, something like that, this game week. He's got Leon in the Champions League. You just got to kind of look at it and see: is he? Is he? Do they go three and up against Leon? He starts but comes off early. Then you think, oh, he's being saved for the the game against Cardiff, or does he play the full game? And you think, and Jesus doesn't get any minutes at all, and you think, well, it's going to be Jesus against Cardiff. I think it's a lot of money to leave on your bench, and Pep's, mm. Pep's not afraid of resting big players. So, yeah, I think it's just something to keep in mind with with kind of rotation around Champions League and injuries, slight injury to Aguero. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised the moment Aguero blanks, there'll be a big trade across to Lukaku. But um, even now, Aguero is still scoring every week. Um, it's it's really hard to, to sub him out, isn't it? Well, he's, that's the thing. He's not scoring every week, though. I mean, I know he got two assists, but apart from his hat trick, he hasn't scored, I don't think. No. Well, he's returned six points, seven points the last two game weeks. Yeah. Which isn't bad. Yeah. Um, in the grand scheme of things. Yeah. But you're right. It's uh, Especially if you're a few points behind, then uh, Lukaku's like a quite a good differential at this stage where you could bring him in and you'll probably get a good haul from him. Yeah, and consistent point returns normally against those teams. Mm. And you think as uh, the Man U fan factor as well, like price rise is... It's got to be around the corner of Lukaku. Yeah. I mean, whether you want to change, chase that kind of value at this stage, I don't know. But yeah, it's definitely something to bear in the back of your mind as well. Um, <laughs> next one. Uh, what are you going to say? I was going to say, you love a price rise. You love chasing <laughs> the price rises. I've changed. I've changed. <laughs> This season, I haven't, I haven't been making early transfers. I haven't been doing any of my old stuff. I've, I've actually, I think I've made transfers on Saturday mornings, fr- late Friday evenings. I don't think I've gone too crazy yet. Oh no, that's not true. Yeah. <laughs> it's not true. <laughs> I, I brought in, I brought in Mkhitaryan, I think before we even recorded one of our pods. So. <laughs> No, I haven't the, changed. Uh, oh, well, if you like a price rise, uh, massive hypocrite. I remember your <laughs> Harry Kane from last year when he gets injured midweek, but you've already transferred him in to so get to transfer out again. 
<laughs> I'm trying to learn. It doesn't always work. Um, how about the last of these kind of quick fire questions? After five game weeks we've had, who do you think are the teams that you want your players to face? Um, I mean, I think Cardiff is an obvious one. Um, as in, they, they clearly, I think, I think they clearly look the weakest team in the league playing quite old school football. Um, although they've never been thrashed that, I mean, I know they lost 4-1 to Chelsea, but they didn't seem as if some late goals there. I mean, they weren't, um, but I think Cardiff seem to be losing most weeks and I can't see them turning that around very quickly. Um, so that's my first pick there. Um, I'd say with, um, if you look at the goal difference at the, at the league table at the moment, that's, that's a good indicator, I think, because that's lack of goals scoring. So you're getting clean sheets for your defenders against these teams. And it's also conceding a lot. Um, Huddersfield have got minus nine goal difference, the largest or the, the biggest deficit in goal difference in the league. So I think, you know, looking at them against Palace um, this week, I think they, they were short of goals last season and they haven't changed that. Um, I think I, I always like to play defenders who are playing against Huddersfield because I know that they're going to struggle to score goals. Mm. The thing with Huddersfield is that I mean their their goal difference is because of that one game against City where they got spanked. So it's not it's slightly deceptive, I think, at this moment how bad their goal difference is. Um where they've usually just lost by a goal here or um I agree that they're definitely not, I think that they're not that the quality isn't there. You can't think of many still players you want to transfer. Um but I think they'll scrap away. They were they were sort of a they're a risky one to punt or again. Okay. What about Burnley then? They're, they're next with the next largest deficit of minus seven goal difference. Uh, I think Burnley's a, a high risk one to say that they're ones to pick your players against because season they got in the, they got into Europa League, which I think than this season. Uh, trying to play two games a week. So I can imagine Sean Dyke probably last season was was probably planning his tactical plans all midweek because he had no midweek fixture and therefore they're in the perfect shape come the weekend. Now they're at... Um, so I reckon they'll start getting clean sheets very soon. Um, but having said that, they have... Badleys and they don't... Sort of an old school English team, aren't they? The four four two, which is sort of dying out these days, so... Um, yeah. mate, I, I, I think they'll be bottom half but I, I don't know if they're one where you think they're going to thrash them yeah it's, they, they love to keep it clean or try and keep it tight don't they I mean they only lost 1-0 against Wolves only lost 2-0 against Man United so yeah no kind of cricket scores against them even if they are underperforming this season yeah and else? I think if you see if, if you've got a defence at home to Burnley, I think that's a good pick to put him in your side. But if you've got a striker, then maybe it's not. Yeah. Yeah. So anyone else you'd pick up apart of, apart from kind of Cardiff and Huddersfield? Um, the one that I've got on my radar at the moment is I think to have a lot of good players that aren't playing very well and are getting spanked by quite high scores recently. Um, 
So there may be one where you think oh, there's goals in that. Yeah, goals at both ends. Yeah, goals at both ends. But uh, I think they might be the Claude Puyol might be first in line for the sack this season. It's my yeah. my prediction. I think um, what I noticed with Leicester this week was the lack of pace at the back. I think they picked it up on match of the day as well. Um, with Maguire and and Morgan, and now Morgan being suspended as well, you've got Evans who also doesn't have very much pace either. They can be exposed if you've got pacey forwards in your team, then that's definitely something to target. Yeah. I think they last season, I think they relied on individual talent quite a lot just to bail them out of uh, fact, the fact that they weren't actually playing very well as a team. And I think this season it's starting to, to hurt them a bit more because they've lost Mares, obviously. Vardy's another year older and everyone knows what Vardy does now so they can defend against that. Um, Madison, though, does look like a strong prospect in fantasy terms. Uh, I, I just think he's... So far, he's it seems to have been quite lucky. He's had, you know, his deflected opening goal. He he got the penalty this game week. Just Vardy had only just been subbed off the pitch, so I don't think he would have taken that penalty had Vardy been on the pitch. And just generally, I don't think having seen him play, I don't think he looks like he's going to create these opportunities himself out of his out of skill or form he seems to be getting the rub of the green slightly for me but yeah. it's, it's interesting yeah I, mean, I think we'll see I can definitely see that they build their team around him like he's the base of the player in the hole they give a free roll to yeah. so he's I mean he's he's got lucky but in some ways he's been given the job to get lucky like just take a punt and see what happens and uh, it's coming off a bit and the fixtures you know, talking about the one the teams to target Huddersfield at home in the next game, Newcastle away, Everton at home. It's you know it's great fixtures for Leicester coming up and for a little yeah. as well after yeah. that. Yeah, so I mean, others have been tempted by Pereira, the cheap defender who plays on the wing, um, and he got some assists this week. Uh, they sort of the, they're a team that you, I think they they'll get beaten a lot, but at the same time they have some useful assets in fantasy terms that you might want to put in your team. Okay. Yeah, I think that's a good shout. Um, Shall we move on to the Game Week 6 preview then? Yeah. And first one up is for you, is Fulham versus Watford. So I feel like Watford have been my team this this, so far this season. Um, Because I I sort of, right at the start of the season, I I backed them to finish top half and have a very strong start. They, They certainly have done so far. Um, so London derby away at Fulham I mean it's not like a, a rivals derby but I reckon both of them scrapping hard for points here um, I I think Fulham are good they've signed lots of players but they're still gelling a bit so I think Watford have more of a team at the moment and so it will probably be a draw but if anyone's going to nick it I'd probably give it to you'd probably give it to Watford yeah. Okay. Yeah, I I think Fulham at home are a different prospect. Um, I think you know you didn't see much of them against Man City, and that's not really fair to judge. I think they'll try and play football. Watford can play football as well, but they, uh, I'd say Watford are probably a tougher team. You said they're a 
a closer knit team. They're also quite physical and huge as well. Some of their players, so I, I would worry that they could outmuscle some of the smaller Fulham players. Except I for think Mitchell. Fulham, Fulham look great going of sexy signings, but um, I, I do feel that they're not so experienced Premier League wise at the back, and Fulham are a bit more of a hardened team that will will grind a result. Yeah. Um, next up is Burnley Bournemouth. This is one for me. Um, Bournemouth are in, you know, fine fettle. Wilson, King, Fraser all look great up front and they're linking up really nicely. Um, Burnley just lost to Wolves 1-0, still haven't recovered from the Europa League, still kind of missing their some of their first team. So I saw that they were still playing Charlie Taylor at left back and um, who's the other guy they were playing at fullback? Used to play for Stoke, Bardsley, the terrible mm. Bardsley. So still missing some first team players, and I think if if they're not if they don't play their their best eleven, they they're just so much a lesser team, so much more workmanlike. I know Goodmanson is back now, but I still think they're going to struggle for goals, and Bournemouth are going to turn up and, and play football um, and cause them a lot of problems at the back. So I'd have to go for Bournemouth for this one. Um, Bournemouth defensively also have looked pretty good recently. I know a lot of people were picking up with that in this in the scout cast for Fancy Football Scout this week. So yeah, I I, I wouldn't mind seeing a shutout for Bournemouth. You know, if you've got Rico in your team like Andy does, it's possibly worth playing him in this fixture. I think that it feels like a good shout. Bournemouth are definitely on form, and um, yeah, they're, they're the the team on the rise at the moment. They were they're, they're flying and. Even if they weren't flying, I I I think I'd fancy them in this game. Um, just the the matchup, I think Burnley kind of rely on uh, teams uh, at sort of going gung ho against them, and then they're just crossing it in. But I think Bournemouth can counter that quite well of their team. They they've got a bunch of scrappers in the middle, and then they've got some um, some very skillful players out wide. Yeah. Okay. What do you think about Cardiff Man City? Um, well, I think this is probably the easiest one to predict in many ways of of, of next week's fixtures. I think uh, Cardiff are maybe the weakest team in the league, um, as I was saying earlier, and Man City are the strongest. So I think uh, Man City are probably the, the biggest risk for fantasy managers is they might rotate because of Champions League. But whatever team they field, I reckon they'll win probably 2-3-0. Yeah. Did you see this week that um, Danny Ward... The striker who's actually out of position, he's a midfielder in FBL, 4.5, started up front for Cardiff again. Second. I did not. I did not, no. Yeah, so he scored against Arsenal in game week four, started up front. And then uh, I think Warnock came out in the week and said, Bobby Reed and Ward are our, our best strike force. And he played them against Chelsea. Um, two strikers are, are at least, you know, um, a 1-1 up front. So, yeah. One to watch. Nice, yeah, nice budget pick. I think their main goal threat is still Bamba, their centre-back from set-pieces at the moment. Um, I think it it's, looks like Morrison at 5.0, the centre-back, is the guy they target for their set-pieces to win the header, but it's not. it doesn't look like he's getting attempts on goal. He's kind of heading it back across goal 
from the back post for, uh, and that's how Bamba got his goal at the moment. Yeah, so, I mean, I'll be honest. I'm avoiding Cardiff players as much as possible <laughs> at the moment, uh, so I'm not going to put any of them on my team. I think that's very wise. Yeah. Okay. Um, Crystal Palace, Newcastle. That's one for me. I think. Um, oh my God! I thought it was embarrassing. Zaha coming out and talking about the bad treatment he gets. It's, it's only going to encourage more bad, bad treatment, surely. <laughs> but I, I can see. I see the problem with Newcastle's is goals, and especially away from home, getting goals. Um, so I think Palace will turn up and I know we've predicted a lot for Palace to do well at the beginning of the season it hasn't always come to pass but I think Tompkins is back Zaha is back they've got a full squad to choose from Benzeke crucially is not back which I think is a good thing Um, (laughs) so yeah I I see Palace for this one I think back backing Wan-Bissaka and Zaha for me yeah, I think that's a pretty good shout. I think Newcastle, they sort of rely on Rafa Benitez being a good manager rather than their good players uh, to get by. Um, I always think they'll they, they they limit teams to how many they'll score against them, but they'll probably lose most weeks. Yeah, and they don't seem to have anyone at, on form in a in an attacking sense for Newcastle. You know, Richie's not really popping up with too many points. Hossalu's being played most games but it isn't looking very threatening at all and Perez who was good at the end of the last season hasn't really shown much yet so I I worry for them at the moment yeah 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 I think they're um they, they could be in line for relegation unless Rafa can pull out the bag again yeah well they had a tough tough run of fixtures at the start of this season so we'll have to judge them maybe when it gets a little bit lighter what do you reckon about Leicester Huddersfield um, so I think this is an interesting one of the teams that are struggling at the start of the season uh, facing off. Um, I think Leicester probably have too much firepower for Huddersfield. I think Huddersfield away, you can you can usually bet they'll lose because um, they're just they're also one of the, the weaker teams in the league. Um, so I think that could be one for uh, or or Vardy. To- Madison or Vardy to pick up points, you say? Um, I reckon so. I reckon that's like a, a 3-1 type game or 3-2 type game. Um, yeah, quite close, but um, yeah. Leicester probably having too much. Maybe if if people aren't thinking about Madison or Vardy, maybe a good shout to, to think about those Leicester fullbacks. Although, as we were saying before, Morgan is now injured, so that means... You know, will Evans finally start for Leicester, or will they have to find some other solution at centre back? And does that affect the points that Chilwell or um, Pereira might get? Yeah, I mean, um, maybe Morgan getting suspended is a blessing in disguise. I think he's a someone generally perceived to be more talented, uh, but they'd be playing more captaincy uh, of. Yeah, no, that's that's not a bad shot actually. Um, Liverpool, Southampton. This is one for me. I think this is one that everyone has been waiting for for quite a long time for Salah. Um, everyone's kind of hoping to pin the captaincy. Well, they were at least a few weeks ago. You know, holding on to Salah, wait for the Southampton game at home. You know, he's going to get a brace at least. That kind of thinking. Um, 
I, I thought watching him this game week, yes, he was getting the chances, but I thought his confidence looked a little bit shaky. He, he didn't look like he was breezing past players and that kind of busy, quick feet that he had in the box seemed to be lacking. So he, he didn't massively pass the eye test for me. I know it was Spurs, so it's, it's definitely tougher than Southampton at home. But um, yeah, I'm still, I'm still not humdrum confident. I know the stats are good for Salah, but I'm not too confident on him coming out and smashing the goals against Southampton. I do think Liverpool will have far too much for Southampton. And I also think defensively, clean sheets for Liverpool defenders are, are a good shout for this game. Yeah, I mean, that, that sounds fair. I mean, we'll probably talk about captaincy later because Salah would be an automatic usually, I think, for that one. But there's some other candidates at the moment because he's just a little bit flat at the moment, isn't he? Yeah. It's also slightly hard to uh, to assess this game because Southampton, we should say, haven't played yet. We're recording on Sunday night and they're playing Brighton tomorrow night. Um, shame to miss that game. It's going to be a corker, I'm sure. But... Um, <laughs> Yeah. Well, after, the the two penalty saves for Ryan, amazing, isn't it? Yeah, that's worth watching just for that. Um, what do you think about Man United Wolves? You said that Man United have have proven the doubters wrong. Is that going to continue? Um, well, when I say proven the doubters wrong, I think that Man United are really good. It's just that they're maybe not quite as bad as everyone was saying they were. Um, so I think. That, they're a strong side at home to Wolves. I think that's uh, probably a regulation win for, for Man United. Um, Wolves are a, a good team. Um, I don't agree with it, but I just think they'll probably have slightly too much. People like Pogba and Lukaku will, will edge it in the end and maybe a 2-1 type win. I don't know. I think Man City probably underestimated Wolves. Um, when they played them away and they only came away with a 1-1 draw. Um, I don't know, Wolves have, have looked pretty solid in the last two games, keeping two clean sheets, and they've made a really decent start to the season. So, yeah, I don't think they're anything to be underestimated. You know, defensively, oh. they've looked strong, and I think that this is not a foregone conclusion. I think you're right. Um, I think the... The consideration is that I was really quite impressed with Man U's win against Watford because everyone was saying, um, and so I, I'm probably being very biased as a man. The media might have helped the squad a little bit with giving us the chance to have a siege mentality, and people saying, "Oh, Pogba doesn't do it," and actually, you watch him, and every week he he struts his stuff and is um, deceptively brilliant. And Lukaku is on goal-scoring form, as we we're saying. He's he's practically worth a fantasy pick because um, uh, he's scoring most weeks. Wolves are a good team. I just think Manu. If it was Wolves away, then I'd say, "Oh, this could be really tight." I'm not which, quite sure which way this go, but Manu at home, Old Trafford, and they'll edge it certainly. They'll thrash them, but I I still think they'll they'll probably win. I think that's probably a fair shout. Yeah. Okay. Um, next up is Brighton Spurs. Brighton at home. Um, Spurs just coming off the back of a, a defeat to Liverpool, and I thought from the highlights that I saw, they they seem to be completely outplayed um, by Liverpool. 
just didn't have anything to to answer to Liverpool's attack and Liverpool's kind of high pressing. Um, Harry Kane still looking off form. Is this the game where he's going to come back and and score a, a few goals to get him back on track? Um, I don't think so. I think um, I think this is going to be a tough battle for Spurs. Um, I don't think they're going to walk it by any chance, uh, well, by any stretch of my imagination. I think this is going to be a tough battling 2-1 win or something like that, um, rather than a, a stroll in the park. What yeah, about that? I'd, I'd agree with that. I'd, I'd probably go further, actually. So I was talking to my Spurs mate, Watkins, this weekend, and it's interesting to hear that Spurs but like very depressed about this season uh there was no signings in the summer they still haven't moved into their new stadium there's there's not that buzz about the squad at the moment um and they're not playing very well there's sort of a feeling that, that this might be the season it slightly falls apart for them yeah yeah and it's it's the kind of world cup hangover on top of that isn't that with so many players playing for belgium and england and are they up to speed yet yeah, so Kane looks, doesn't he? Kane looks out of it at the moment. You're saying? Yeah, he looks very flat. He's not really creating chances that much. Yeah, I saw quite a lot of chat last week about his his stats performance being down by kind of fifteen percent or something like that. He's he's just not kind of firing off the shots as quickly as he was in seasons past. So, yeah. Um, I mean, he's one of those players who likes to play his way into fitness and form rather than taking mm. a break. But I think you have to wait for some shoots of recovery before you go go near him. Yeah, and not only that, but... So, um, I, I reckon Brighton might get a, get a result there. Yeah, okay. West Ham, Chelsea. What do you think? Um, so, West Ham got off the mark today and they, they won a game at home. So, they'll... Well, sorry, away. They'll, they'll be pleased with that. So uh, that means where I thought it was going to be a really easy prediction to say that Chelsea would win. It's slightly tougher, but um, Chelsea looked really impressive this week and Hazard looks like he's really far. I think this is one where you could maybe back Hazard to almost certainly get a goal. Firing ahead as well. Um, I think he's... Uh, and I think this will be another Chelsea uh, score win. I'm not so sure. I mean, I watched the uh, Everton-West Ham game uh, this afternoon and I really was impressed with the front three for West Ham. So Arnautovic up top, who I've always loved in that centre-forward role. Then Yarmolenko coming in, getting his first start and getting two goals and looking dangerous. And... Felipe Anderson continuing to look dangerous on the left wing. I thought they were really impressive and I imagine they will set out with the same system they did against Everton, which worked quite well. So playing Declan Rice, Obiang and Mark Noble in the centre of midfield, breaking things up, but then having those strength three attacking without too much um, need to kind of track back too much. So, yeah, I, I thought going forward, West Ham looked pretty brilliant and... Everton didn't really show too much in attack, so they weren't particularly put under too much pressure um, at the back. But offensively, I think they could definitely get a few goals against Chelsea. 
who I don't think have been particularly tested defensively this season. I think we're we yet to learn completely how, how solid Chelsea are at the back. Yeah. I didn't see the West Ham game today, but positive for them for a change. Um, uh, yeah. I mean, Chelsea have started well. They seem to be... I, I get the feeling that Sarri is quite suited to the players they have. Um, he gives Hazard and Pedro and William quite free-ish roles. He lets Alonso bomb forward and they... I think they keep a lot of possession as well. That's his, sort of his game. So I can imagine them starving the West Ham attack of opportunities. Um, but you're right, they could ca- catch them on the counter-attack. They have um, certainly seem to be clicking a bit more this uh, after the last week. Yeah, so maybe maybe a, a win for Chelsea, but not no clean sheet. Yeah, yeah. Next up is Arsenal-Everton. This is one for me as the Arsenal fan. Um I thought Everton looked pretty poor against West Ham. I thought um, Walcott's in my team. I know he's in a lot of people's teams. He looks pretty poor, not really involved too much around the the centre of the box, kind of lumping in fairly aimless crosses, not looking really very dangerous at all. Everton will have Richarlison back, which I think is going to be a big plus. He scored two goals on his debut for Brazil, so he's going to be coming back on a high. But I think Richarlison... When he played against the bigger teams last season, I don't think he showed a lot. Um, and this is a way to uh, what I'd like to think of as a big team. Other people may differ. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just I just wonder if Walcott's even going to play in this game against his old club. I think Calvert-Lewin stayed on the pitch for the entire time against um, West Ham and was favoured over Walcott when Walcott was substituted. So... I think Calvert-Lewin is probably going to start. I think Richarlison could start as well, and that might be the end of of Walcott's um, kind of run in the team. I also thought uh, I also thought Cenk Tosin looked terrible. Uh, <laughs> he had quite a few good chances. He had one absolutely point blank chance for a header to score, and just headed it straight into Fabianski's hands. Um, lacking some serious bite up front. And I think maybe playing, playing Calvert-Lewin might be an option for them. Um, but yeah, offensively, they looked quite poor. Richarlison's record against the bigger teams away from home, I'm not sure if he's going to come back and make an immediate impact. So while Arsenal's back line isn't brilliant, I think this is going to be a, a win uh, for Arsenal. I think they'll have too much in attack. But on, on the as an Arsenal fan on the Arsenal assets, I mean, who do you think are the the players? Moment. I think Lacazette is a player to look at. I think Obama Yang looked massively off the pace in the last game. I am. Um, I watched that one against uh, Newcastle uh, yesterday, and Obama Yang was kind of out wide, playing on that left wing forward role. He just he wasn't. He wasn't sharp. He wasn't um, playing the quick one-twos. He didn't look like he wanted to test people for pace. Yedlin kind of had him covered for pace, I think. So he was a kind of nullified. I think Lacazette is someone to think about in terms of Arsenal and their fixtures and going forward. But I'm staying away from any Arsenal assets at the moment. Mkhitaryan, I had. I got rid of him before he was dr- dropped, luckily. But... You know, any any one of those players, Ramsey, you know, is he going to stay fit? Is he going to stay on the team? 
Um, Ozil, there's rumours of bust-ups here and there. He scored, but I think that masks over a, a fairly mediocre performance for Ozil. Um, mm. He wasn't particularly involved. So I, I'm steering clear. I think the the defence still looks shaky. Um, yeah, I'm I'm not going not going near Arsenal at the moment. <laughs> They're a strange um, but, team at the moment, aren't they? They are a very strange team at the moment. Um, I think I think they'll have too much for Everton in this game, but fancy assets wise, they're not someone I'm thinking about. The, the big question for me in this game is um, re- Walcott replacements. I think a lot of people brought Walcott in. A lot of people have got rid of him already, and probably after this game, we saw it last season. There was a huge rush to bring him in, which seems to be the Walcott phenomenon. As soon as he blanks, everyone goes, "Oh no, he's trolled us again. Get rid of him." So yeah. My question for you is, you know, do we just switch straight back to Richarlison or do we look at Madison? You know, where where do you think is best spending that money? Well, I mean, it's a, it's a very interesting question. It's, do you, yeah, do you back Richarlison to come straight back in and him to perform? Um, or do you think Everton have gone off the boil? Uh, difficult game to bring him back into as well, away to Arsenal. Yeah, it's... Uh, it's a brave shout to bring him straight back in. I think if you're, if you're able to, as a fantasy manager, you'd probably give him a game to see what he does before backing him again. Um, I'm just trying to look at Everton's fixtures just now because uh, they started the season with some really very kind of tasty-looking fixtures. After the after Arsenal, they got like a fairly tasty patch with um, Fulham, Leicester and Palace. Um, but sort of showing mid-team rather than high-flying goal-scoring form at the moment. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, so I think I think maybe that's one for me to think about this week, whether because I think Walcott's value is going to drop, as it already has, and I think that will keep happening. So even though I think he's starting on my bench for my bus team, maybe thinking about value and getting moving him on for someone else is not a bad idea. Okay, that's the fixtures uh, preview for game week six. How, who are your whipping boys and gut punts for game week six, Matt? Um, so, boys, I think Cardiff are always at risk of, of a whipping against Man City. That could be first versus season. Yeah, I completely agree. I think um, Cardiff were slightly at sea against Chelsea but I think they're going to be even further adrift against Man City. And then I, I think I can guess your next whipping boys. Uh, yeah, it's it's Southampton, but <laughs> it is tricky to say having not seen them play yet this game week. So I, I think anyone in the league at the moment is, is not finding an answer to Liverpool's pressing and attack and even if Salah's not scoring the goals, Firmino is or Mane is or there's others chipping in. So, yeah, I think I think I see more more likely that Liverpool will get more goals than Man City against Cardiff away. Yeah, I think Liverpool are the other obvious picks. Um, beyond that, though, I don't see an obvious whipping boy and. Because I'd have said West Ham before they just played and won away at Everton. But um, as you say, they, they seem to be finding a bit of form. So maybe not whipping boy territory. 
So my vote is for Southampton. Who's your vote for? Well, at this beyond Liverpool and Man City whipping their opposition, I think it's tough to pick a whipping boy uh, beyond that. But Chelsea by ne- would be my next one. Who would be your pick between Cardiff and, and Southampton? Um, I would. I think Man City will more reliably beat Cardiff than uh, Liverpool spanking Southampton. So we're we're tied for whipping boys. Cardiff and Southampton are both the whipping boys this week. Mm, think so. Think so. Gut punts. I I was having a, a look at some stats for the upcoming game week and who my gut punt was going to be. Um, Giroud had a, a brilliant game, I thought, this game week against Cardiff. I know it is only Cardiff, but um, Hazard came out in the press and said, you know, he's the best target man in the world. I love playing with him. And you can definitely see that um, end of last season, start of this season, when Giroud's been on the pitch. he His flicks around the corner and his hold-up play and his link play is fantastic, especially with Hazard. Um, and with Hazard on form... I wanted to have a look at the stats for Giroud versus West Ham and they're pretty, pretty favourable. So in 10 games he's played against West Ham, he has six goals and three assists. So that's nine returns in 10 games for Giroud against West Ham. And with the form that Chelsea are in going forward and surely Giroud is going to start now ahead of Morata um, for a few fixtures at least, I think he would be, he's going to be my, my gut punt for this week. That feels less a gut punt, more of like a thoroughly analyse uh, prediction uh, based upon previous form and, and, and everything. I'm very impressed with that gut punt. Yeah, yeah, because he, he hasn't really started too many games. This is the first game he started. And... I'm sort of teeing up my comment there to say that uh, I don't have such an obvious gut punt that's based upon Statistical analysis. <laughs> That's because you've been in the pub, isn't it? <laughs> no comment. No comment. <laughs> um, any ideas around, you know, players to target this week? Uh, so my gut punt is probably the team that hasn't played yet. Uh, so Brighton at home to Spurs. I was just saying how Spurs maybe not quite as strong as some people are suspecting. So someone like Gross would be my my gut punt. Um, Last season, him at home was always a fairly safe pick to get some points, um, be that from the penalty spot or from a set piece or an open play. So I think Gross might be the player I feel that... My only concern with Gross is I, I think he's probably lost penalties now to Glenn Murray. So I, I don't know. I'd, I'd probably throw Glenn Murray into the mix as well for that yeah. if you're going to Brighton. He, he certainly started well, so Glenn Murray's another sound one. Um, I mean, I think Gross was more talented than Glenn. Glenn. Uh, he certainly started the season well with some goals, hasn't he, for the old man? Yeah, he definitely has. Clean Sheets is up next. Um, I think probably with the Whipping Boys, they go along with the Clean Sheets. I'm going to give you first pick, Matt. Where's your first Clean Sheet? Um, so I think the most obvious one to go for is probably Liverpool at home to Southampton. Um, Southampton struggled for goals last season um, and they're sort of up there of the whipping boys territory. So Liverpool, um, I think, are the, the, the best bet for a, for a clean sheet. OK. I, I'm going to take the easy one. I'm going to take Man City yet. Next, I, 
I backed them with my two Man City defenders with Edison goal and Mendy at the back for this little stretch of games. So I'm going to stick with Man City and hope that they have uh, the ability to def- defend those set pieces where Cardiff look quite dangerous from. Yeah, that sounds like a very sound shout. Um, Man City just seem to have a habit at the moment of just conceding a goal here and there, don't they? they do, um, yeah. But hopefully they've arrested that now against Fulham. Yeah, well, we'll drop in Mendy and all. Yeah, that that sorted it out. <laughs> left back. Yeah. <laughs> Who's up next for you then? Uh, next up is probably Hart overhead. I'd probably go for Manu at home. Um, Wolves are a very good side. Um, I don't underestimate them, um, but I think Manu are the next biggest team playing at home next week, um, and so uh, an obvious candidate for a potential clean sheet. Wolves also haven't scored particularly highly so far and you know in the last three games just one goal for each game so yeah I think that's a that's a very good shout and Manu looking to get back on track and keep some clean sheets as they they did last season and I think my next pick is going to be Crystal Palace at home to Newcastle I think Tompkins is back we've got Saku there They've just kept a clean sheet and Newcastle have just looked really poor up front. So I'm going to back Palace for a clean sheet. Yeah, that seems like a good shout. Okay, what about you? Do we have to keep going? Only if you think there are clean sheets. We don't have to go... I mean, we normally stop and say that's that. But I, I mean, think I can see one. Do you have another one um, that you, you see? Because I, I reckon the others, I can see goals for both sides and most of the other fixtures. Yeah, I just the only one left, I think, for me is Bournemouth away to Burnley. I think Burnley are really struggling for goals and Bournemouth defensively are looking better. Um, that's the only one that I think is the next highest chance. But I think after that, I'd say that's probably it. Yeah, I mean, Bournemouth are a shout. Uh, it's good, but I mean, they still did concede two at home against 10 men, so... I feel that they let a lot, they're sort of, sort of team that lets a late goal in, um, and therefore not their defenders will score points because they get attacking returns, but not so many points from um, clean sheets. Fair enough. Okay. Um, next one, we've got the big discussion over captains for game week six. You mentioned it a bit earlier. Where is your bus team captain currently lying? So at the moment, it's sat on boring old predictable Salah. Um, because it's Liverpool at home and Salah last season was sort of an essential pick for captain. Um, But after Hazard's hat-trick, I'm certainly tempted to to go with him again um, because he just seems to be on fantastic form um, and Chelsea seems to score uh, quite a few goals each week at the moment. So that's what I'm really tempted by. And then Aguero... Injury has got to be slightly tempting if the team news suggests he's going to... So it's it's a tough one. At the moment, I'm being boring on going for Salah, but uh, let, let, let's see how the week, week pans out with, uh, with Champions League as well. Yeah, I think um, it's also, yeah, the, the Champions League you mentioned, that's the big one, isn't it? Liverpool playing PSG, but Liverpool are at home, which I think has an effect. That's quite a big game for Liverpool but they are playing on the Tuesday rather than the Wednesday. So that's, that's more time to recover. Um, 
Yeah. What about Chelsea? Are they playing in the Europa League? Um, Let me have a little look. They are. They're playing on Thursday against... They're playing away in Greece on Thursday. Mm, interesting. That's quite late. Um, let's have a look at the fixtures. So Chelsea play on Sunday lunchtime. Liverpool play at three o'clock on a Saturday. I think recovery-wise, you've got to think about Liverpool there. I think you're right. Watch the fixtures, see the results, see how many minutes different players get. I, I can't see Liverpool running out you know, to a, a 4-0 in the first 30 minutes or anything like that against PSG. So I imagine Salah's going to get a pretty full-on 90 minutes at least or, or something close to that. But um, yeah, I think that's the big deciding factors for captains this week, isn't it? Mm. Who, who are you going for at the moment? Well, I mean, it probably depends if Hazard even starts against um, PA OK in Greece. If he doesn't start, which I think is a high possibility, then I'd be very keen to captain him, you know, having that rest. Um, whereas Salah looking slightly off the form for me in the last game and playing Champions League, that would swing it for me to to Hazard. And also being slightly gutted that I missed out on Hazard's captain yeah. points. You, you're um, chasing last week's points. Is that what you're doing? Uh, yeah. But, you know, player coming off a hat-trick, um, scintillating form, Hazard does get into these little patches of form. Um, so he's, gr- that, he's great at home. He's much better at home than away. Just the other, other tempter there true, to say. True, but West Ham's... Olympic Stadium is like a home to many teams. So <laughs> it's true. That is true. It's true. Um, what about transfers this week? You've you've got Mkhitaryan in your team. So is he someone you're considering? Yeah. So I saved a transfer this week, um, and I've got Mkhitaryan and I've got Walcott, who who really haven't turned on, um, despite indications that they would do. So uh, I'm very tempted to do a double transfer this week. Uh, I think I don't have Fraser, and that's been the one player that I've really missed out on this week of his 18-point haul. So even though I suspect I might have missed out on this massive haul and I'd be chasing those points out, I think I'd transfer him in just because he's such budget value. What um, that and you can afford for the other player? That means I can afford $8 million for the for the next midfielder. Oh, just um, not enough for David Silva. Yeah, it's not quite David Silva level. Um so I'm not quite sure yet. It's one way you may go with Charleston again and say, have a bit of money in the bank or, or maybe Madison as well with some tasty fixtures for Leicester and uh, him, him, him getting some points. Um, I'm not sure on that. I'm also tempted by Watford players, so Pereira again as well, because I think they're quite a strong team this year. They've just had their two difficult fixtures, so they might be on for a bit of a run again. Yeah, they've got some good fixtures coming up. Yeah, so they're the they're the areas I'm looking at. Again, I think I'll probably wait and see. Because, I mean, last last week, everyone was saying Pedro was the one to go for. Um, he played for Chelsea, he just didn't get a, any points returned. So if he looks like he's going to get another game, and you maybe think, well, he could, he could continue his good early start to the season. I just think with Pedro, it's not a long-term pick. He's, he's always going to be in and out of the team with Willian. Um so he's someone that I would avoid, really. I mean, is it even a question of you of making two transfers? You, I'm guessing your team at the moment doesn't include one of Mkhitaryan or Walcott. 
Yeah, so it would be one of them definitely going out at, at, at a minimum. Probably both, because I suspect some price falls for those players. Um, and uh, as much as you like to deny that you don't chase the price rises, um, I'm not going to say that. I do chase the price rises early season, and I think it's it's worthwhile maybe getting getting on the backers of players that look like they're on form um, and can raise team value, if nothing else. Mm-hmm. So... I'll, I'll see how it goes. It, yeah, it, certainly um, thinking getting Fraser in, uh, but I'm not sure who else to get in just yet, and um, that's the one I'll be I'll be thinking about. Okay, um, me for transfers. I currently my bus team has four at the back with good fixtures. It depends on whether Mendy comes back or not, um, and how long he's going to be out for if he is out. Because I think that would be a, a big call to to take him out of the team long term. Um, at the moment, I'm taking two transfers into game week six. Um, my big issue in my team is Walcott, I would say, but he's first on my bench. So um, if I was going to make a change, he's the player to go at the moment, but it would only be one transfer at the moment for him. Um if Mendy is out long term, then Mendy and Walcott out, and the players that I'm looking at would probably be Robertson. Um, I'd also consider Madison at the moment. I think Leicester's fixtures look brilliant coming up. Um, Huddersfield at home, Newcastle, Everton, West Ham, and it goes on for quite a long time as well. Um, but, yeah, so- sounds like we're teed up to have very similar teams again next week if we. Uh... <laughs> Brilliant. Both go down this route. I I quite like to keep. I know um some of the the good managers uh, more esteemed than us in fancy Premier League sometimes build up those two transfers, but hold off until they really need to use them. So they're only using that one free transfer just to keep it ticking over. And I quite like to do that to be honest. So I can kind of capitalise when I need to and have a a mini wild card in my back pocket. Um, That's- that sounds like a good plan. I mean, you've had a pretty amazing game week, so it's it's hard to suggest that you need to do too much fixing at this stage. Um, so, yeah, that, that sounds like a good plan. Nice one. Um, looking forward to next week. Are you going to be available then? Uh, yes, yep, I'll be around to uh, whatever player I didn't have but everyone else had. <laughs> I think... Um, I think I might be away next week at a wedding, so we might have Andy hosting next week, hopefully, instead. Oh, OK. That's something to look forward to. Uh, yeah. It's po- post-wildcard Andy. Post, post-wildcard and post-Ben's bachelor party Andy as well. So we'll have to see yeah. if he's a broken man. <laughs> nice one. All the best, Matt. And I'll speak to you soon. All right. Bye. Cheers. Bye. <laughs>